This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. And you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam, streaming at DCAUReview.com and on your favorite podcast app. Gotham City is out of control. An entire city screaming in fear. Super villains walk the streets, preying on the innocent. They will learn the true nature of harm. The police are powerless. A creature prowls this urban wasteland. Is that? He moves in darkness. For some, he is a rumor. A name whispered in the corridors of the underworld, waiting for the chance to strike. Let every criminal know the acid taste of fear. You crazy! Gotham has forgotten what justice means. The Dark Knight is here to remind them. Batman. Good guys wear black. Welcome, everyone, to the DCAU Review, episode 181. I am Liam. With me, as he always is, is Cal. Cal, we've got an episode of Batman the Animated Series to talk about yet again this week. We've been talking about it all month long. But this week, we're not alone. That's right, Liam. Uh, I'm glad to be here. We're continuing in our month of Batman the Animated Series reviews. Uh, we will be continuing with a review of Blind as a Bat, which we're very excited to do. And as we've been alluding all week on our social media, we have a very special guest correspondent with us this week. That's right. Uh, you may not know him by name, but you definitely, especially if you're a Batman the Animated Series fan, know his work. Uh, we are huge fans of his work. I own a couple pieces uh, myself of his amazing artwork. He does just incredible artwork all the way around, but has done several, several dozens of prints based on Batman the Animated Series episodes. Uh, joining us today is the artist, Mr. George Kaltsudis. George! Welcome hey. to the DCAE Review. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for joining us. We appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an honor to have you on here. Uh, you're only our fourth special guest correspondent that we've ever had in the history of the DCAU Review. So over 200 episodes, guests-wise, we've only had like you and three other people. Wow. We're, uh, we're happy to have you on here, and uh, we'll be talking a little bit about uh, introducing those uh, listeners, maybe who aren't familiar with you specifically, and talk a little bit about your work in just a second here. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I guess I guess the first question we can ha we can talk about is uh, you know you've done a lot of releases. Most recently, you've been working with Bottleneck Gallery. Uh, I know you've done some stuff with Mondo in the past. Um, I think your most recent release you did a uh, did something for was it for New York Comic Con? Is that what the yes yeah what that piece a, a bigger print yeah it's just like the the final piece just. Uh, I've done all the episodes I could do, and then I just got asked, just just do one with all the characters, just all of them. Awesome. I forgot a few, but it's got mostly all of them. <laughs> well, it's, um, a, it's a fantastic yeah. piece. It features Batman yeah. in the middle. It's got like this orange gold hue to it. Uh, as you mentioned, features all those characters. Um, I the the releases that you did before that, uh, I think was the one that had uh, it was mainly all the new Batman adventures and, and the, the, the last batch. Yeah, it was, I think, out of it was the 10. And then I think the eight of them were the, the newer series, which which I wanted to do for a long time. And then 
it was supposed to be a mixture of like the best episodes from season two and season three. I, I just like referring to the new animated adventures as season three to make mm-hmm. it easier because I always forget what it's called exactly. If it's the Batman adventures, the new animated, I can't remember. <laughs> so uh, eventually though, when I was trying to narrow it down, I was finding that a lot of the, and no offense to season two content, but a, a lot of the best ones seemed to be the Harley ones. And it was starting to look like it would be too many Harley posters. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted to make sure I got a lot of different characters that, that fans wanted to see, like the younger Robin and Nightwing. So um, eventually it ended up being mostly from the, the last season. And then it's just, harley's holiday and what else am i looking at here and there was one other one. Oh, and trial of course you gotta mm-hmm. do trial that's, that's the one that's the piece that i bought actually i thought oh really that's my favorite one i think i'm so i'm the proudest of that one it's so good. incredible yeah yeah just a fantastic piece. I mean, all, all the work was really good. Um, I think the one that you did for the Mr. Freeze piece that you did too uh, was really stunning. And, and I know the Growing Pains piece, even though it's it's just Robin and Annie, that's Liam's yeah. favorite, one of Liam's favorite episodes. And I so I know yeah. that meant a lot to him also. Yeah, that was that was one where it's where it's just like I I wasn't sure like oh how would you do a poster of of that episode because it's such a like a specific like narrative driven story, but just like that, that simple, like, as I don't know, I, I don't know from a production standpoint, how simple it was, but just that sort of simple image of Robin with, with Annie and just sort of the mud and the clay sort of at, at the mm. bottom and sort of swirling around them. I, I love that. Yeah. That, that episode's really special to me as a, you know, as from, from when I was a kid. So that's definitely uh, my personal favorite that, uh, that I had to, uh, that I oh. was uh, just so impressed with when I, when I saw that. Yeah, I love that Robin design too. One hundred percent, I love so it. So cute. It's, it's, <laughs> it's weirdly, it works better somehow. Mm-hmm. It's more cool and edgy than mm-hmm. than, than uh, college student Robin. I don't know how or why. <laughs> in the yeah, it just works. Yeah, I love. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really proud of the the newer batch because the newer batch, I I actually got to work on them as posters, thinking of them as prints mm-hmm. that would become prints right like that like they were i was commissioned to do these whereas the the first run it was never intended to be like posters like there were other people doing things like like phantom city creative has done mm-hmm. all those gorgeous posters with mondo and so i i just sort of would look at like like what's happening currently every year like in october there's this inktober kind of thing that artists do and mm-hmm. some of them do specifically Bat-tober. And so it's just like, you know, like a challenge, right? Like every day do a sketch of like Batman in black and white ink or whatever. And so I was thinking of different challenges like that. This was back in, I think, 2015 or 2016. And I just, I thought I, I, I need to do something to just have content to be putting up every day on Instagram to get more followers, to get more eyes on me. And at the same time, I saw that the, the Batman the animated series episodes were up for free on Amazon. And so I just, I'll, I'll, I'll watch these again. You know, I haven't watched these ever since I was a kid, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh my God, I just fell in love. And I thought, I'll do that. It'll just be a challenge every day. You know, after work, I'll get home, eight o'clock, I'll eat a bit. And then not from 9 p.m. to like 12, sometimes one in the morning, I would just draw a single sketch, like a quick digital sketch of like each episode. And the challenge was to do all the episodes of season one. 
Of course, I didn't realize that season one has 60 episodes. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did all of them. And then um, uh, then I tried to like a lot of people keep asking me, are, you, are these as prints? Are you selling them as prints? And I was like, no. And I, I didn't want to do like a I wanted it to be official, not like, you know. So mm-hmm. I asked them all about it if they wanted to do them like little maybe cards because they weren't meant to be like posters, right? They weren't, I didn't do them in a way that was perfect or really perfectly rendered. They were quick. And so um, eventually they had to ask fans and see if they were okay with it. I guess maybe they weren't, so that didn't happen. And then and then Bottleneck came along and, and uh, he was asking about doing different stuff like Disney and Batman and whatever licenses he had. Uh, Joe at Bottleneck and uh, and then he, he said you know kind of like those Batman prints you did and I said well why don't we just do those and maybe he suggested it I don't remember and then obviously 60 was too many so we narrowed it down <laughs> to like half so it was 30 so it was a lot and I kind of tweaked a few of them like a little bit made them a little better but they, they were still never meant to be like like posters so they're a lot more graphic and simplistic but but in some cases it looks good because it still fits the deco mm-hmm. vibe of the show. Uh, and then this second time around, it, yeah, it's I mean it's more nicely rendered. There's more detail. It, it's tricky when you're when you're doing that though with these character designs. Um, it, it's like it's a, a hard balance. Like how much is is too much three dimensional? Like you want to three dimensionalize them to a certain extent so it feels more cinematic. It feels like like there's more kind of loving care put into it but if you do it too much it starts to get that weird like cheesy dvd cover vibe like too airbrushing <laughs> mm-hmm. and so it's, it's you always find yourself kind of uh, over rendering then erasing and reducing and kind of finding that balance absolutely that's that's incredible i love hearing that and it's funny because i i've, I've seen some of those earlier uh, those yeah. earlier Batman animated series prints that you did. And one of the things that I noticed is, is that most of them or a lot of them don't, you it seems like you intentionally didn't feature Batman on all. Yes. Of them. That was part of the challenge. I was like, I have <laughs> to avoid, it was like a rule I put in my head. I put on myself. I, I was like, if, if worse comes to worse, I'll only allow myself one Batman. And I think I cheated. I did him twice. I did the one where he's, in the straight jacket in Arkham, because I just thought, well, that's so iconic. That's just mm-hmm. like, the best thing ever. Because mm-hmm. and it's such an unusual way to see him. So I thought, well, that that's okay. That's allowed because it's not the usual way that we see Batman. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was again when he was like a <laughs> like a like a knight on like a Pegasus, oh, right? The yeah. Black, yeah, in that Riddler episode. Yep. There was nothing else good from that episode to visual. <laughs> so I thought I'll do that because again, that's like an unusual view of him so yeah and then this time around i just did uh, yeah i i had him in there but like yeah still still i, I think what i love about <laughs> him i feel like is he he isn't you can tell these are batman posters but he's yeah. not the focus of the posters which so many people obviously are are batman fans but even more so i think that you have people that are endeared to him because of the wide variety of rogues and they love these stories because these stories yeah. appeal to them more than just yes they're about batman but oftentimes some of the best episodes of the series didn't focus necessarily on batman so to me whether it was intentional or not i appreciate that because it really does you can 
Batman, the animated series fans can look at these posters and identify them immediately and go, okay, this is from, for example, this week's episode of Blind as a Bat, you did literally only features the Raven helicopter. That's such such a yeah. huge piece. It doesn't, doesn't have Batman, doesn't have the Penguin. It doesn't have any identifiable thing other than this big helicopter. So true Batman, the animated series fans will recognize it. Other people might look at it and go, what is this? I'm not quite sure what I'm looking at. <laughs> Yeah. But I, I, I think as a, as a true fan, you can appreciate it. So we're talking all about this. Um, head over to George's uh, Instagram. You can check out his whole, uh, a bunch of prints. He does, as he's already mentioned, not just Batman stuff. He's done stuff for Star Trek and Disney and a whole bunch of other projects as well. So it's Kaltsudas, C-A-L-T-S-O-U-D-A-S. Go follow him on Instagram also. Uh, but he's going to be joining us today to talk about our, uh, our episode, as we already mentioned, Blind as a Bat. George, just briefly like what was your introduction obviously you just mentioned re-watching it a couple years ago but what was your introduction yeah. to batman the animated series as a kid well i'm old enough to have grown up with it as a kid it, i was <laughs> yeah it did i my, my thing a lot of people when they reference this show and they reference it with so much love that they feel it's like the, the best version and it's like they're the quintessential for me without offending anyone that worked on it because i love it it's, it's, I grew up right at that time. I was like six years old when like 1989 Batman came out. And that was my first actual visual introduction to it. Like I, as a kid, had caught my grandpa watching Superman one day on TV at night in <laughs> Toronto, right? We lived in Canada. And I just thought that Superman was, oh, right. Just like there's Zorro and there's whatever. It's a superhero. It's just him. I didn't know there were other superheroes. And then my dad, well, I was like, he was an artist. And I was like, can you draw, draw me Superman? He was like, Superman, he's so lame. Like, I'll draw Batman. It's it. I was like, what do you mean Batman? Who's Batman? There's a Batman? And, I, and at the time, I was also obsessed. I loved, like, um, vampires and Dracula and Dark Shadows mm -hmm. reruns. And so in my head, I imagined that Batman was, like, this, like, dark like vampire kind of superman guy who was like dracula and had a castle and like and then my dad was like he's got a car so i thought i was thinking like some kind of like you know so then he starts drawing him and then like he's kind of like drawing me like this like adam west thing which i didn't know yet i was like oh okay well that's all right i, I wasn't expecting that okay and then he, he draws the ears on last right he's like devil ears i'm like oh okay that's kind of cool i guess i don't know not what i was imagining but okay sure whatever um and then the trailers came out for tim burton's batman mm. and i just lost my collective you know what it was like in the time it was like because that was exactly what I imagined in my head, right? When it's like the bats flying, like he's Dracula and he's, he does the cape and like goes over to the girl. And then there's like this evil Joker guy and this, this sexy, cool black car. And then the whole city looks like it's like castles upon castles. And it was nuts. Mm -hmm. And my dad was just kind of sitting there, right? Like, uh, oh, that's not like proper Batman. Like, <laughs> I grew up, you know what I mean? Like, um, <laughs> I was just like loving it. I was jumping off the sofa. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> and so I loved that. I didn't get to see it in theaters because I was too little. But then when it came out on VHS, mm -hmm. my, my dad kind of hit it. And I found it one day and watched it and was just in love with it. And then at around the same time, 
they then started playing reruns of the 1960s Batman show. So I loved watching that when I got home from mm-hmm. school. And then I, I guess the animated series was, was around the time that the second Batman Returns movie was coming out, yep. mm-hmm. which was also exciting. Um, and people, I don't know how old you guys are. If you guys were like, were you kids when it came out or a little later when it was? When, Liam, like, Liam, Liam was a like, born right during season two i i was okay. i was i'm four years older than him so i was watching batman the animated series when it was running on television so. okay okay so like for people who don't know although i guess most people do know who are listening to this like because they're probably around our age or <laughs> older or like like the, the the recent excitement that you just saw with the new batman trailer right mm-hmm. if you take that and then you combine that with the excitement that was around the second nolan one with joker the dark knight Mm-hmm. you combine those and then do that times 10 that was the the energy around that movie at the time the first one mm-hmm. and so then by that point there was then returns was coming out and then then they just started playing like there were trailers for this animated series show where catwoman kind of looked like the catwoman from the movie and penguin and then the rest looked uh joker i guess kind of again like yeah um jack nicholson and the rest were like these other characters that I didn't even know, right? Because I we weren't reading the comics yet. I didn't know there were comic books. So like Poison Ivy and this and Two Face, and I didn't even know. So for me, mm-hmm. I was introduced to the rest of the world and the Rogues Gallery through the cartoon before ever finding the comics. So for me, it was like a like a trifecta. It was like the Holy Trinity, right? Like 1989 <laughs> was the father. <laughs> uh adam west was the son and the animated series was the holy spirit it was like that was it was all three of those things i was experiencing simultaneously and i loved all of them in different ways Uh so that was like my introduction was i just remember and i i caught it from the start i think the first one was with catwoman with the the claw lady yeah red claw yeah yeah that uh yeah and, and then the penguin, I guess they, they showed those first because the movie was coming out, yep. mm-hmm. um, even though that wasn't the production order, which Correct. is what I went with when I did the sketches. So that, that was it, basically. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 not one to one, one the same, but very similar to our experience as well. And just like we have a love for the, the 66 Batman as well. We weren't definitely we were not old enough to watch the Keaton movies, but I think both of us have, have grown to appreciate mm-hmm. both their place and like how lovable both of those movies and then a little less on forever and Batman and Robin, but still a place yeah. for Batman regardless. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. I, I love that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, you know, as, as, as we all know who are, and probably everybody listening knows, but you know, the, the, that Keaton movie is, you know, a lot of what they were able to do in the animated series, as far as the, you know, some of the darker tone of the episodes and, and all of that, they were allowed to do that because they got to they got to point to this very successful, you know, Tim Burton, Michael Keaton movie and go, we're we're emulating that. Like we want it to yeah. feel similar to that. And so with yeah, that the the Keaton movie and the animated series kind of go hand in hand, even though you know Tim Burton didn't directly have much involvement, you know, with the series at all. But he, you know, without that movie, there really is there probably isn't an animated series, at least not in the sense 
that it became. So yeah, the, those, those things going hand in hand makes a lot of sense. And uh, yeah. we will, uh, we will get to our review in just one moment, but I did have oh. one final question for George here before we move on. And uh, I think you already mentioned maybe what your, maybe your favorite that you've done was, but uh, if you can give us just a couple of your favorite prints or, or posters that you've worked on uh, when it relates to Batman, the animated series, I'd love to hear like at, at least like your top three or at least three that you really loved. If you don't, you don't have to rank them one to three, if you, if that's okay, too hard, but right, if you have, a, if you have a couple that you love, we'd love to hear that. Uh, I do love the trial one. I love how it turned okay. out mm -hmm. because that's one that Phantom City creative did for Mondo that I thought was really gorgeous. I absolutely, I mean, I love almost all of those, but mm -hmm. I just loved how that one was just the rendering and it's beautiful. And, and um, so when, when I had to do it as well, cause I, I, it is one of the best episodes, so you have to do it. I was like, well, what am I going to do then? I can't, you know, you can't do the same thing. And then I watched it and I had forgotten that there was that scene with the, with Two-Face lighting up the lighter and they actually did mm -hmm. those weird colors that say that even looks weirder. In the, mm -hmm. So I love that I captured that. I'm happy with how that turned okay. out. I guess I like Harley's Holiday because it's just it's got that right energy of what is cool about Harley Quinn and why she's mm -hmm. like, you know, so popular. And like you said, like most of the show was taken off from Tim Burton's cue, but, but then mm -hmm. if it weren't for the 60s show, they never would have thought of coming up with Harley, right? Which is like all the villains mm -hmm. had their sexy henchwomen <laughs> and girlfriends and Harley was kind of that element from that older show and they came up with that and now it's like she's like the most popular you know character uh it's nuts I, from the older ones the first series i really love we didn't get to do it officially release it because dc licensing wouldn't let us but the one that i did for the episode be a clown mm. where i don't know if anyone if you guys mm. have seen it where he's on the not a tricycle what do you call it the the single unicycle the unicycle and he's juggling all these weapons and hand grenades and things i just thought that was such a oh, clever good. idea that i thought of um and it looks gorgeous but that we just weren't allowed because it was weapons and it was for licensing it's not yet but yeah i love that i don't know i can't think of um i guess the very first one because that when i sat down and thought of doing it if that mm -hmm. hadn't turned out well with man bat then i wouldn't have gone through with it and uh, I just love how that, and I kind of cheated on that one because the design <laughs> on that is a little bit more like the newer design from the, the new animated adventures, but mm -hmm. uh, it's a silhouette, it's, it's okay, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I, and I love the latest one that I did, which is based on um, a piece by Kevin Maguire, which is gorgeous, which I loved, which is in the first comic book of Batman I ever found, and um, it had all the characters, like, I had to switch around a few because uh, like they had his parents at the top and I just instead put in Mr. Freeze and Mad Hatter in that one. And then because that had Nightwing and Robin, I then thought, well, then I have to do Nightwing and Robin then from animated series. So mm -hmm. that's why it's kind of a mix of the, the different season designs. Um, Cause some people mentioned that, like how, how come Poison Ivy looks different and there's Nightwing and, but um, yeah, that one turned out great too, I think. It's it's a beautiful homage to something that really got me excited about the whole world. And um, I, I, it captures what the, the best selling point, you know, even though everything is amazing, mm -hmm. the music and the 
the you know the background art and the voice actors but i mean without bruce tim's amazing chiseled deco character designs mm-hmm. it just wouldn't have spawned the rest of that to come together so thanks for sharing that i know that that's probably a, a big ask because those i'm sure there's a part of each one that you love so pick oh no i i hate half of them it's like, <laughs> <laughs> i look back on them and i'm like <laughs> i think especially towards the end there of 60 episodes man i was like i was just kind of phoning them in the last five ones which is one of the, the episodes we're doing today i was <laughs> well, I, I think I think the demon, the demon's quest that we'll be doing in the upcoming oh, weeks yeah. was I think that pair that you did was just phenomenal. So what, we, we'll continue we'll continue to share them with uh, with our uh, social media friends as well because hey, we get a lot of likes when we post your work, believe it or not. Oh yes, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes, you're, you're helping us out. Digital <laughs> engagement. Thank you, George. All right, Liam. Well, I guess we can move uh, move on to uh, the actual review now as we get into this week's episode. As we mentioned, Blind as a Bat, which originally debuted on here in the States, at least, was on the Fox Kids Network on February the 22nd, 1993, making it the 28-year 20 year anniversary just passed. That's right. I was less than a month old when this episode aired. Uh, <laughs> Just to make just to make anyone listening or, or on this call feel a little bit older, I was uh, I was very young when this debuted. But anyway, yes, this is, uh, we will get to the episode. I of course have our IMDb synopsis by Mike Underwood and Len Wine, directed by Dan Reba, with music by Stephen Chesney and James Stemple, and animation by Studio Junio. And that synopsis reads as such. Although temporarily blinded, Batman is still determined to stop the penguin who is threatening the city with a prototype attack helicopter. <laughs> a prototype attack helicopter. That's a good one. Right. I say that's, that's, that's a pretty good synopsis. That's, that's one of the things we do every week, George, is we read the synopsis on the, on the Internet Movie Database website, and then we grade like how well that actually explains what happened in the episode. Because sometimes we get like, it'll be like a sentence, and it'll be like, Batman has to stop the Joker who's doing some crimes. And <laughs> you're like, well, that doesn't really explain what happened. But yeah, so this, that's a pretty good one, though. Is yeah, as our, our big points of our plot here, we have uh, Wayne Enterprises is apparently getting into the, the munitions game and they're showing off this, uh, this special sort of prototype attack helicopter, as the synopsis put it, and with all these special weapons and this ability to cloak itself and not only run silently, but also sort of hide itself from radar. And uh, things seem to be going well. They're showing off the weapon. There's military people in attendance. And then all of a sudden, things uh, go a little bit awry when we see that uh, the penguin has hijacked the helicopter and uh, he's kind of going to use it, use that. That's kind of that's kind of the whole episode, right? It's just penguins <laughs> hovering around in a helicopter, <laughs> kind of being menacing the Gotham City. And 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 of course, the the side plot of it is, uh, or the main plot, as the episode would uh, w- episode's title would tell you, is that in the melee of this first attack, as Penguin and his thugs take control of this helicopter, there's an explosion which Bruce Wayne is is caught in, and. That means that Bruce Wayne and by extension Batman is blind. And so. As of this moment, the most dangerous bird in the sky is the penguin. <laughs> Master Bruce, 
home, Alfred. Now. But, sir, you need medical attention. No. I don't want the Wayne Tech doctors examining me. Call Leslie. Have her meet us at the house. Begging your pardon, sir, but why so secretive? Because I don't want anyone to find out that I can't see. How's he gonna how's he gonna stop the penguin when he's uh, when he's blind? So I guess big picture thoughts, George. What did what did you think from a plot standpoint? How what stands out to you in this episode? I I think to me this this seemed like it was one of those stories that sounded really cool in the writer's room when it mm-hmm. got pitched. <laughs> and then the execution is just what makes this one of the most boring, most forgettable episodes. <laughs> To the point where I even forgot that it exists and I forgot that I did a poster for it and I just saw it on Monday for this and I already forgot half of it. <laughs> um, it. Basically, it's such a great idea, right? Like if you're a kid too, oh no, what if our main hero goes blind temporarily? But they shoot themselves in the foot with that amazing concept by immediately giving him a gadget where he's able to see anyway. <laughs> an infrared which is kind of cool but you know so it kind of i guess it's kind of a bit still boring um uh, yeah i don't know yeah most of the tension from the episode comes towards the end when uh he hastily has to escape the bat plane which has been shot down and and forgets to unplug this gadget from the bat plane foolishly thus it's a race against time until the battery runs out and i love how he's doing the whole like old thing that you would do with an old uh, tube television like banging it like banging it when it's like, <laughs> fuzzy it's like come on television work for those listening that were are not like or that are under the age of 30 back in the day you'd bang on your television if it wasn't yes. working right now i wouldn't recommend doing that because you'll smash it but yeah, that's what you you, electronics back in the day if they weren't working you just kind of hit them in hopes that they would work again and sometimes <laughs> that would work so that's what Batman does for like the third act of this is just bang on this electronic piece and hope that it works. And then eventually it doesn't work. And we have to figure out how he's going to be able to fight uh, Penguin and his goons off not being able to see it all. But yeah, it's interesting that you said that. It's like they they took this piece that was a feature of the helicopter. It's like, oh, the helicopter can make these 3D images appear great. Awesome. That's kind of cool. Uh, but at the same time, like, wouldn't it have been a little bit more interesting if Batman just couldn't see the whole episode and then had to, yeah. Yeah. Had to figure out how to fight mm-hmm. crime blind? Like, that sounds a yeah. lot more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah my my main thing is like there's there's an like uh like george said like there's an interesting nugget in here and 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 i'm trying to think like if would it be better if he was against like another villain or if it was like a more perhaps maybe or there was a little bit more at stake than just like a magic helicopter with laser guns Mm -hmm. is loose in gotham city like like if he was going up against say like man bat or someone that's like a real physical threat to him and and he can't see or you know some of the league of assassins or something something that where he's you know when he's robbed of his sight and he has to rely on his his other senses and maybe you even do like you do we've seen in other episodes like the the episodes with the ninja where they where they do kind of flashbacks to his training and him learning different fighting techniques 
And like, so That's I, a great I idea. yeah, they're like, there's nuggets. There's like a nugget of a good thing. Like the basic idea, like you said, George, of what if Batman couldn't see and he still had to protect Gotham? Yeah. Like, that's a really exciting, interesting idea. And there's a lot of drama in that. But as, as you said, for most of the episode, he's just, he can see it's just in red and black. Yeah. <laughs> and, and also uh, it would have been great if, or if it was about the, the, the suspense of trying to make sure that the villain doesn't find out that he can't see. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah. yeah. It's, it's that, which I feel like that's the thing I've seen somewhere else, but mm-hmm. I don't know if it's another Batman thing or another superhero thing. Well, yeah. I feel like that's familiar, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that idea of like, well, and, and they kind of touch on that because there's a point where when he's first out of commission and, and kind of Alfred and, and Leslie Tompkins are making him stay home and, and Penguin set, wants to hold the city for ransom to prove that he means business, he blows up this bridge. And you see yeah. you see Bruce just like with the with the wraps around his eyes, just like his, he's like clenching his fists and he's real... And he's real frustrated listening to a report on the radio about how, you know, the city's in chaos and they make a point of showing that Commissioner Gordon shines the bat signal. And of course, he doesn't come. So we get a little bit of, of like the city hall side of it where they're like, well, Batman's not coming. What do we like? How do we how do we fend for ourselves here if he's not going to show up and save the day? Like, I think there's a lot of interesting ideas. It's just the package when it all kind of comes together is like. Well, those last I think the last couple of minutes there where, where it completely goes out and he's completely in the dark. And I think you get to see the penguin be like a little bit more sinister than mm-hmm. maybe we've seen him in other episodes of the series. Like he's really relishing seeing Batman at this weak point and like for once kind of able to be like more of a physical threat to Batman than probably this penguin normally is. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like there is, is maybe something missing here. A hundred percent. I, I think it's interesting also that maybe, maybe this is why, but it felt very, and he does have a throwaway line where he expresses some concern, but the fact that Bruce Wayne was getting into the military, like vehicle Mm -hmm. business seems a little bit off character for Batman who doesn't like guns. And that like ultimately down the road in the world's finest episodes where he's getting, you know, creating this partnership with Lex Luthor. We know that the reason why he doesn't want to get into this partnership with him is because he doesn't like guns and doesn't want to get into military Mm -hmm. weapons. So is this the catalyst that led to that? I guess maybe, I don't know, but it feels like that's, that's like a no brainer for Batman not to want to create weapons of, of war with guns, (laughs) killing machines, you know? Um, so in that way, I felt like it didn't feel like true to Batman to be involved with mm-hmm. the creation of this vehicle to begin with. Yeah, totally. I, I think that that definitely did ring a bell. Like, oh, this is this feels like more of like this is like the Iron Man origin, right? Like he's blown up by his own weapons and then that kind of gets him to not not want to do that anymore or whatever. But yeah, it's, it's not really it doesn't really feel like a Bruce Wayne product even though you know he may not you know the world doesn't know he's batman but he like bruce wayne would have an aversion to guns as well based on you know how he very publicly lost his parents so yeah like i said i i think there's some interesting ideas in in this in in this especially the idea of you know a weakened batman or in this case a blind batman still having to defend the city there are like a couple of minor things one is like why didn't he call robin yep like like (laughs) Those I'm college saying, classes are real important. I was gonna say, was he was <laughs> it like was it finals week and 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 Dick Grayson couldn't couldn't get away from uh from final I, I mean at least he could have like flown the plane, you know? Like right. if even if 
I'm not saying Robin could have single-handedly solved this, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a tough situation, but maybe he didn't have to go it alone. Um, yep. And then my other question is, is Leslie, Tom- what kind of doctor is Leslie? I was going to ask you that. What is she? Is she? I was going to ask that. When I was waiting yeah. for you to finish. Is Leslie Tompkins like a psychologist, like a therapist, or is she a, like a doctor, doctor? Like what? I feel She's like it's going back and forth. She's also a scientist. She's and like, well, I, I don't know what she's over there like installing the this technology into ba- and creating Batman's ocular mask. Also, she's yeah. an inventor. What else? Know. She can do it. Yeah, she's she. I guess she has a couple different degrees. I guess or something. She's she's yeah. she's done sessions with Bruce, right? Mm-hmm. Where he would talk, right? Okay, and then. There's her being more like a doctor in this, but then I maybe I guess she was also in one of those other episodes with the the crime doctor or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Or was that someone else? Yep. Where no, that was her. And yeah, remember. she works as like a like a surgeon yeah. assistant in that episode. So she does surgeries. She does <laughs> like I guess regular medical doctor stuff. She's a psychiatrist. That, that lazy kid thing where writers just say, "Ah, whatever, it's for kids." So we'll, right, they won't kids think about can't it. understand. So let's make it simple for them. Let's not get into the details of mm-hmm. well, Bruce Wayne doesn't agree with this technology, but sometimes his teams try to pitch it and build it, mm-hmm. and then he'll just say no. Like so, I guess sometimes they they do these lazy things, but it's not an okay excuse. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I definitely thought that because, it, yeah, it's also one of those things where I think it was like, well, we need a character who can give Batman this device that lets him see who in like our circle of already established characters, like there's no, like who this would be a crime fight, right? There's like, okay, there's Robin, Alfred, yeah. and and Leslie are like the three people who know that he's that Bruce Wayne is Batman in this now, series. Nowadays, you would, this would be the spot that they bring in like Lucius Fox, who like mm-hmm. also knows Batman yeah. secret and can do the technology thing and provide yeah. him with, with technology. But this they didn't obviously in this series, Lucius didn't know Batman's secret. So it wasn't he didn't have a, a, a like technology guru to bring in to help him with with uh, gadgets and gizmos. I still think this is a terrible idea. I mean, using Electra to connect this gizmo directly to your brain's optic center? Objection noted. May I have the headpiece, please? Those ZVF components I gave you, you wired them into this thing? I know how to follow instructions. Just be careful with that power pack. You have to keep recharging it. Will it work, sir? Only one way to find out. <laughs> yeah, that, that all makes sense. So yeah, all, all together, like we said, I think there's some fun moments in it, but overall, I think it, it does kind of fall short. And I ended up settling on a five out of 10 for, for my plot score. What about you, Cal? I also gave it the that exact same score. George, we warned you there was a lot of agreeing on this. Oh, <laughs> on. Uh, I was going to then say five, two, since you guys are saying but should I be more cruel? Because I really think it is that bad. In terms yeah, of no, I, we, we want an honest, I'll we want honesty four. above all. Four. 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 all right. I'll be mean. I'll, get, I'll, get, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I never 
people will hear this and then Bruce Timmon <laughs> would be like, never let that guy do it ever again. If Bruce Timmon is <laughs> listening to this podcast, you have you don't have anything to worry about. It's us that have things to worry about. Trust <laughs> Oh, me. you never know who listens. You never know. <laughs> but, but yeah, four. I'll give it a four. I think that, yeah, the writing that's is just fair. Cool. I love your idea of the ninja thing. Yeah. And then you wouldn't have to worry about the technology or the doctor thing anyways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Highlighting his skill set, I think, is is what, you know, is, is spot on, Liam. Like, you, yeah. you have this idea of, of, okay, he's the world's greatest detective. He's been trained by assassins in, like, multiple levels of karate. He like he's batman so if he has to rely on his other senses like make it a dare like make it an homage to daredevil like daredevil is also a a character and obviously depending on your interpretation or the interpretation of him he has his you know special ability to somewhat see people in a similar fashion but there are times where he has to interact with people where that sense isn't available to him or he hadn't quite Mm -hmm fine-tuned it yet so you know there's certainly i think plenty of of fun to have been had or an homage to the daredevil character that could have been done a little bit better than than what they did here also i get ptsd the giant raven helicopter was like one of the bosses in the adventures of batman and robin super nintendo (laughs) game and i hated that level because that thing would just it first of all it didn't make any sense it didn't have anything to do with the level of the the video game at all and it would pop up and it's like why is the raven helicopter in this this level (laughs) oh man but yeah yeah so uh uh, five from me five from liam four from george love it so uh that will move us on to our second category which is of course visuals and animation once again the uh, director for this week's episode was mr dan reba and uh we have studio junio or junio i'm not exactly sure how you pronounce that as the uh the animation studio they didn't they don't they didn't uh they were not credited with doing too many episodes of the show they had uh, previously done ones that we've covered cal in, in uh, mudslide and uh dollar in the jar the underdwellers <laughs> but uh but uh, but not too many episodes on the bat. That being said, I think from like a model standpoint, and maybe the actual artist can uh, can speak a little bit more to this here. But uh, like from a model standpoint, I didn't think I didn't notice like a ton of inconsistencies and in, uh, you know, especially I feel like Penguin's one of those characters that is really easy to get off model in this older style. Mm-hmm. You know, head sizes changing in his body, proportions and stuff. But I thought for the most part. Like uh, like the at least from a, from a character staying on model standpoint, it's pretty consistent in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I think the thing that I noticed that was most inconsistent was sometimes at least for the opening scene, none of the characters had whites behind their eyes, and then all of a sudden it shifts, and they all have whites behind their eyes, mm-hmm. and then at the end of the episode again, they didn't have whites behind their eyes, and that was the only thing that kind of threw me off uh, as far as the inconsistency as far as character models are concerned this isn't quite the batman we saw last week which was the more like direct bruce tim square jaw it's not the one with the like point long ears and the pointy cow nose either it's like somewhere in between there i mm-hmm. think it's fine i didn't think there was too much inconsistency there as far as uh what that looks like and we, we can talk about our favorite like visual moments throughout here but throw it over to george because you are the artiste here on the podcast so what were your observations from the way that the episode looked uh things that you thought were were good maybe not so good uh what were your thoughts okay we'll start with the positives i absolutely love this 
version of penguin out of everything that exists wow. i think it's just perfect mm-hmm. i i know i don't know if this goes in this category if it comes up later the voice actor the voice that this guy had for this mm-hmm. character is so beautiful and perfect it's like he's dapper but there's a raspiness to it mm-hmm. but it's not that like the, it's not the yucky like danny devito thing but they mm-hmm. took that and they did a polished dapper version of that Mm-hmm. So I love him with the longer hair. I hate his design in the newer version where he looks too wow. much like the classic. That's I, a controversial stance, George. Amongst he Batman. looks like he the newer that newer one looks like a Scooby Doo character, which is <laughs> Hanna Barbera. Really, That's I good. love this one more. I just love the eyes and how the mm-hmm. one is bigger. And I love, I just love his voice. It just pierces. Mm-hmm. There's something great about it. Oh, he's great. Uh, I think it's the best version uh, of everything I've seen uh, from all the way from the 60s show all the way to the, that new trailer. Like, um, in general, I, I just noticed, I guess this is one of the animation studios where the the overall uh, flow of the animation is more uh, fluid in a mm-hmm. way that I think Bruce Tim never liked. I think Bruce Tim generally enjoys the more kind of um uh sort of um uh i don't know how you'd say it, like i'm not boxy but more stiff more stiff movement and kind mm-hmm. of you know that kind of thing uh not that over the top 90s kind of um so there's there's bits where where kind of bruce just kind of like lunges forward and like lifts his head up as like i'm blind because like <laughs> that kind of thing like i think i think that's probably why these guys got assigned like the less mm-hmm. kind of fun episodes out of all mm-hmm. the ones. Um, I love that there's a few really, really nice transitions though that are reminiscent of the Superman Flasher cartoons. Mm-hmm. Like, like I can't remember all of them now, but there were just certain transitions that I thought were just really lovely. One that really stuck out was when you're just seeing these people on the street looking at the TVs in the window, the TV display, and it's the mayor on it. And then we're looking at it, and then we zoom out, and then it's, like, in the office of... Or maybe it's Penguin, I can't remember. And, like, different things like that. And they do another mm-hmm. thing with the TV again, and you go in, and then it's Penguin, and he's in his copter. I love that. I, I just love those things. Absolutely. I think, overall, though, um, there's a lot of scenes where they could have placed the camera in a more um close-up dynamic angle so mm-hmm. that you're not seeing huge empty spaces where people are running away from the helicopter but it's mm-hmm. mostly empty and because obviously there's not enough budget or time to do lots of crowds or to draw uh other cars on the bridge so it's just <laughs> right right so so but but understandable <laughs> there are restrictions but when you have those restrictions then you make sure to to kind of crop in more closely or or follow an angle where it's just the cars filling most of the frame and maybe we're just seeing the bridge kind of gates go by you know what i mean a different angle Mm -hmm. same with the beginning maybe it's just you've got you know uh, a tighter shot on like the dog the scientist lady and then there's flames and then you've got black silhouettes of people running behind the flame so it's you don't have to do that much work like it's just, it's just, there's certain shots like that that are very wide angle, but empty, mm. which is mm-hmm. not very kind of, yeah, not good. Yeah. 
it's visually um, it's visually it feels like you said it feels feels like something's missing there the, the it's funny that yeah. you mentioned the bridge scene because that was exactly i was like man they lucked out there was only one car on this one bridge <laughs> stand in 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 all of gotham that night it must have been at like three in the morning when there was there was nobody else awake or something like that yeah. like there's a I, lot of that in animation in general you mm-hmm. see that even today but it's the, the, the only way around that is you have to then like try and not do that don't show a, a really far away establishing shot and, you know, mm-hmm. it's the shame because the background is painters they want to do a cool full background of a city skyline understandable but then if you don't have the people to fill in with you know it's it's just not the right angle that's all mm-hmm. it is that makes um, sense and i love in the end quickly before i forget and i'll let you guys carry through uh in the end the visual storytelling of uh, when Alfred drops the newspaper, but then you see Bruce's hand catch it up and you're mm-hmm. like, I can see again. That kind of, again, that kind of little motif was really nice. So I like those bits, just not the emptiness. Love that. Yeah, I think that's something that uh, um, on some of like the commentary tracks and stuff that Bruce Tim and some of the other creators will even talk about of, uh, you know, oh, this character ran past or like runs through the camera and then you just, there's like a second where it just holds on the blank background. And he's like, man, if we were making this today, I'd never do that. Like, and so I think even the creators themselves would be like, yeah, if I could, if, if, you know, we, we learned, you know, they, they sort of learned as they went and there's, there's things in these older shows that they, if they could do it again, they could do it all over again. I'm sure they, they, they would notice that oh, well, I would, I wouldn't do it that way. Or I would cut before, you know, he runs completely out of the frame. So we don't, you know, we don't, we're not just staring at a background for a couple seconds and things like that. So yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a fun one that you, uh, that you pointed out as far as like fun or interesting visuals. I think that final sequence, it's not like a particularly, in, they're in like, I guess, I guess again, because they're like setting off bombs and crashing and doing like giant explosions. It had to be in like a, like a vacant sort of like industrial district that was, that had been abandoned. So they're, they're like outside of this factory. I do like the sequence of the bat plane. I'm not. So this is a thing for me, George. I'm not a fan of this bat plane in this original oh, animated series. Why? Just because I don't think it fits aesthetically. Like it's this like alternate 1940s world. And then Batman's flying around this like flying saucer. <laughs> like it just doesn't. It's like yeah. a, he's he's like in a spacecraft and everything else. Too slick. Isn't yeah, it's it? like everything else is like blimps and like it's like a propeller yeah. airplane and things like that. And then he's in this like really sleek, slick, sweet. And I get it because again, that's it's very similar sort of aesthetically to the the Burton Batman one. And yeah. and like and it's cool. And there's you know when it's flying against the sky, it's uh it's it's it looks awesome. And and I, you know it made it made an awesome toy as well. We you know we had that growing up as well. But but at that but I will say despite my my own inherent bias towards this bat plane I will just say I did think like from an animation perspective where the where the bat plane sort of weaving in and out of the crowds and just that shot of it like where the penguin looks up to the clouds and you see the bat plane sort of burst out and it shoots the net down on them and and then it's sort of weaving through the buildings and we see sort of batman's a lot a lot of that third act you, they keep cutting to batman's point of view and it's this red black like sonar vision that he has where and you see him sort of darting through the the buildings and sort of weave and the plane sort of turning on its side and weaving through buildings and stuff i think that's probably from like an action standpoint is maybe my favorite sequence of the episode and and and, and, then the the penguins helicopter returning fire and he's you know spinning out of control and the wing catches on fire and he's trying to trying to get control and then the 
the you know you, you're getting that alert on the screen that is that his battery is dying in his in his vision or whatever so I, th- I think that sequence is all pretty tense and exciting The do- yeah, the dogfight was one of the highlights. So you have the dogfight between the the Raven helicopter and the Bat plane, or the Bat wing. Uh, I thought that was really good. I think the visuals also, even even though it's a little silly, this machine that's helping him to see, you kind of get a little bit of a of a similar sequence that you get in Mask of the Phantasm, where Batman puts on the costume for the first time and it's all in silhouette. This time, you just get a shadow of him sort of putting on this device, and then he he pulls the cow up over top of it, mm-hmm. and the very next scene is him in this mayor's office, just as Mayor Hill and Commissioner Gordon and Bullock are sort of scratching their heads and trying to figure out what they're going to do because they can't get a hundred million dollars together in a couple of moments. It's like, yeah, no kidding. You can't get a hundred million dollars together. (laughs) Just what I was afraid of. According to the controller's office, we can't come close to putting that ransom together. Not without shutting down basic municipal services. So what other options we got? None, gentlemen which is why you're going to do exactly what the penguin wants you to. So like, so Batman shows up and he's standing in that classic Batman silhouette in the shadows, but he's got the red eyes this time, really giving him like this almost like evil demonic feel to him standing Mm -hmm. in the, in the background. So it's that classic, the viewers know that something's off obviously, and know that the red lenses are from this, this machine that's helping him to see, but it really creates this different stark visual than what you're normally used to. Cause I, you know, it almost gives Batman this, this insidious feeling about him standing there in the shadows and him saying that they're going to do exactly what the penguin wants you to do, you know, yeah. But at the same time, you feel like, all right, well, Batman's here to save the day. This device is going to help him see, you know, everything's going to be okay. Um, but yeah, and I think ultimately him walking through, I, I, it's funny that you mentioned the Fleischer Superman uh, cartoons, George, because I feel like this final, whatever this industrial factory that they're in is like a perfect, is right out of a Fleischer Superman uh, episode. It's, you know, these giant metal containers that are pouring this molten liquid uh, and there's like a river of this molten liquid for some reason that there's a there's like this little pathway that leads out over top of it and lots of interesting visuals in that scene also but batman sort of stumbling around in this factory i thought was was very uh indicative of that of those uh old fleischer cartoons um yeah, as who Mark- cares? it's just cool it's, uh, you yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make <laughs> sense like it's just a setting it's a factory in gotham yeah. okay that's fine 
but but visually speaking, it's like, oh, this is a cool setting. I remember that being a being a fun a fun spot like as a kid, like playing with Batman figures. Like, oh yeah, they're back in that factory again for some reason. Um, but yeah, like for score score wise, um, yeah, I think mostly because everything is pretty consistent, even though there are some. I would say some lulls uh, here and there. I also loved Pen- the fact that Penguin got like a special hat and scarf since he was piloting the oh, helicopter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the got fact like the artists were like Snoopy, like Red Baron. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> they're like uh, this episode. Goggles. Penguin gets a funny hat. <laughs> Love it. Uh, so there were some some little cute little things in there that that were were fun. Um, you know the, the red eyes and as you mentioned, Liam, the red visuals, sort of the point of view shots of, of Batman. Yeah. Uh, even even the even though some of them or most of them, I feel like were static images that they just sort of moved the camera a little bit. There yeah. a lot of them are just the painted backgrounds. There's a couple Alfred and and Leslie, and then him versus mm-hmm. the guy when they're kind of on that that uh, that conveyor belt where he has to swing up and pull him down. They were animated, but a lot lot of them are just sort of static images that that move around but are effective because they splice in that sort of fuzzy um you know static that comes in to sort of break up the visuals so uh, overall i i i liked it uh despite not having a lot of action i think the dog fight is pretty good i ended up giving a a seven out of ten for visuals what about you liam yeah and i uh, i went just one tick higher i went eight out of ten i think that that last act where from from the dog fight and then that that uh that last fight scene in the in the factory is pretty uh pretty dramatic so uh yeah i, I like these quite a bit uh what about you george um i'm gonna be generous i'll give it an eight because it's batman the <laughs> visually they know what they're doing it's fine it's, mm. it's yeah yeah no i I think it's fair to say it's not it's maybe not the best episode it's maybe not if someone was asking you like as an artist what's like the number one episode you'd put on this one would probably maybe not be in like the top 30 that you would even think to mention but hey it's still still got some cool stuff in there uh all right that will bring us on to our third category which of course is music we have music by steve chesney and james stemple this week i'll be honest guys i don't have a ton in the in the way of music notes this week uh, they don't. They don't really rely on either the, the sort of the classic uh, Batman themes very much, nor the uh, the Penguins has you know his own character yeah. theme. And I don't Does think he, they... ha- he has a theme, doesn't mm-hmm. he? And they didn't, yes. Catch it. In it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they really Here. use it. I think they use sort of the more more just sort of traditional, like more like kind of it's 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 exciting and and fast paced. The action beats near the end with the dogfight uh, are is fun, but I didn't have a ton of notes. Uh, what stood out to you, Cal? Uh, I think opening up, as we mentioned, we have this weird ceremony and it's obviously supposed to be this military presentation. There's some like generic military-esque like, oh, we're the American army and we're standing here and we're sitting here enjoying these amazing weapons. Like the <laughs> sort of like semi-patriotic music playing in the background. I thought that set the tone for the scene, scene pretty well. And then it shifts once once the Raven obviously has been hijacked, there's there's this you know shift in the music to a, a more uh, attention heavy and and driving music. But I, to me, I think most uh, mostly most of the music notes came in 
the the dogfight scene between the Batwing and and the Raven, uh, especially after the the Batwing takes some damage and is you know he's trying to maintain control of this and as you mentioned he's trying to sort of balance tr- you know keeping the bat plane from crashing but also he's losing his vision and it's smoking and you know we didn't even mention it but there are some pretty cool visuals as he's flying around like trying to keep the the bat plane from colliding in with some mm-hmm. of the like the, the industrial elements of that area but uh yeah so i think the music is highlighted there and then ultimately after he gets out and when penguin and i believe it's falcone was the is the henchman that reappears this week again mm-hmm. uh, but he's they're sort of noticing that something's off with batman and you have almost like this tragic almost like bill bixby uh, incredible hulks type music that's playing in the background as batman <laughs> is like stumbling over things and like yeah. trying to find his way it's like very tragic <laughs> that he's that he's blind um but a- as that sort of a- as they sort of come to the realization that he's injured and batman is sort of feeling his way uh, up the up the uh, up the steps and into this factory uh the music sort of uh, adds to that sort of oh no what's going to happen to batman batman's in trouble and then uh, eventually, I think also as as he escapes the penguin after they have their initial scuffle, and as he's sort of walking down this hall, unbeknownst to him, passing the exit on his right and headed towards this lava of <laughs> this, this burning lava, uh, mm-hmm. the music sort of, you know, oh no, kids, look out, Batman just missed the exit. Oh no, he's headed to his doom. So uh created a little bit of tension there i i didn't have a whole lot of notes otherwise there is i think one instance where they play the batman theme sort of triumphantly at the end but it's not it's not a whole lot um and and it just feels like a lot of generic sort of scene filler music uh nothing offensive nothing that i felt distracted or necessarily took away from the story but nothing that was sort of memorable or as, as you mentioned they didn't stick with the normal villain music we didn't have the penguins theme come in so um, I just went with sort of a middle of the road uh, six six out of ten for this. I did like the dogfight music. Yeah, they do actually. I think in that in that dogfight, there is a little bit of the the main theme. The actually the Danny Elfman, uh, Michael Keaton Batman theme is actually kind of incorporated, which they don't they didn't because uh, because there was this sort of sub theme that was created for the series with uh, with Shirley Walker, the main composer. The original sort of uh, Keaton Batman theme that's used for the opening title sequence. I don't think we hear that too often in the uh, in the main episodes, and so it was interesting to kind of hear that brought in lightly and in, in during that dogfight. It's played very softly and just like on strings, but uh, I thought it kind of added a little bit of te- a little bit of extra excitement to that to that sequence. So uh, yeah, uh, unsurprisingly, I am uh, right in that same ballpark with you, Cal. I gave it a five out of ten. Uh, what about you, George? I'll give it a five because, like I said too, it, it it I almost forgot half of it. <laughs> I love the the tragic music when he's like stumbling. I thought that mm-hmm. kind of at least helped tell the story. Um, and and hearing the Batman theme in it, um, I I would have loved Penguin's theme a bit mm-hmm. more because it 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 has a nice unique sound to it. It's mm-hmm. not like some of the other ones are a bit too strong like the joker one or mm-hmm. you know or the um which is very like kind of kind of i don't know like eccentric and mm-hmm. you know <laughs> or the two-faced one which is very creepy it's uh, penguins one does kind of have a, a kind of sort of you know like heavy beat action vibe to it anyways mm-hmm. at least the one that i'm thinking, or I'm thinking yes. of a different one but so i'm surprised they didn't 
Um, it, yeah, I, I'll, I'll go with a five. I'll go, I'll just kind of go in the middle there just cause it, it I don't remember anything kind of, I, for me, it was like you guys said, the visuals that really certain key mm-hmm. visuals that worked that sold it on me, not so much the musical moments. Agreed. Makes sense. And that will bring us to our final category here, which of course is voice acting. Not a huge cast to talk about this week. We do uh, briefly have Bob Hastings as Commissioner Gordon, Robert Costanza as Harvey Bullock, uh, Lloyd Bachner at Mayor, as Mayor Hill gets a little bit to do this week. And of course, we do have uh, Diana Mulder returning as Leslie. But uh, kind of our, our main people of the episode are, of course, we have Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. as Alfred kind of being the stern the stern lecture to give that, you know, Batman's in no condition to go into the field. And, 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 and Leslie kind of takes on some of that as well. But then, of course, we have, uh, we do get a lot of uh, both Kevin Conroy's Batman and, uh, and uh, of course, George, as you already mentioned, uh, we have Paul Williams playing the Penguin. And I, like, like I said earlier, I think in our plot, I love how sinister uh, Mr. Williams is as Penguin, especially in that last act when he kind of slowly begins to realize, first, he just thinks Batman's been injured in the plane crash, but then when he specifically zeroes in that he can't see it, like it like kicks into another level and he's so, and he's so sinister, but it doesn't go too over the top and cartoony. Uh, I, I love Mr. Williams performance, especially in this week's episode. Shall I jump in? I, I just think all these voice actors are just so perfect. They're mm-hmm. so great. I mean, obviously Kevin Conroy. And then I already mentioned Penguin. Um, I love the guy that does Commissioner Gordon's voice. I love the woman that does uh, Leslie's voice. Mm-hmm. Same with the guy that does Bullock. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mayor guy, perfect for that, that the way that character design looks. I mm-hmm. mean, that all around, I mean, in a story like this, where a lot of it is the dialogue that's kind of guiding it as well, I thought they were all exceptional. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think there is that there's that sort of uh, like maternal worry in, in Diana Mulder as Leslie, like where she's really not she's really not up for like, she, you know, she makes a point of telling him that means no Batman for a couple of days while he's, <laughs> while he's got yeah. these bandages on his eyes. It's like it's very it's very maternal in her her concern mm-hmm. for him. And then as she's building him this contraption to, to let him see she's she's still kind of very stern and is you know making sure to let him know that she doesn't think it's a good idea and 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 he he's sort of being a little bit defiant of of his two kind of parental figures in that in that in, in Alfred and Leslie who are both pretty concerned about him you know going out in the fields when he's so vulnerable so I think that kind of creates a nice like a little family dynamic and yeah the, the three the three voice actors there do a great job I love I I love when Bruce uh, like right after Leslie walks out and Bruce is like no I have to be Batman like I have to stop this and he and Alfred have this little interaction. So keep him home, Alfred. Even if you have to hog tie him, he needs to rest, which means the Batman is off duty too. No way, Leslie. Not as long as the Penguin has that chopper. If there is some question, Master Bruce, I urge you to resolve it straight away. You've a call on your private line. Then let's go. In your condition, sir? If you think a little inconvenience like this is going to stop me. Indeed. And Ephraim Zemblis Jr.'s delivery of the line, it's just like a, a pause and he goes, 
indeed. <laughs> it's so perfect. It's absolutely perfect for that, uh, like for that delivery. I mean, we're not, we've, we've done a, a ton of these episodes already and, and talked about how great Ephraim Zemblis Jr. is. And obviously mm-hmm. uh, the great Andrea Romano with the casting choices for this uh, series and many of the mm-hmm. other DCAU series is just, have just, you know, they're just yeah. perfect. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's hard it's hard to imagine these characters sounding like anybody else. But Liam, I think you're on you're on to something with with uh, Paul Williams getting a chance to really, you know, the other episodes. Penguin is more of like a he's not a co- straight up comedic character. But if you think about I've got Batman oh. in my basement or, you know, birds of a feather, he's all he's played as the butt of a joke or the, the episode itself isn't really that serious. So this mm-hmm. is the first episode where he really feels like an actual threat towards batman and ultimately it's his last episode that we really get i i feel like uh it, it, because after this he sort of starts going towards the reformed area so this he's not really a straight up supervillain after this episode so it's interesting that this episode culminating with that scene between him and batman on that ledge and batman sort of having to outsmart him and him having this interaction with him and delivering the line the name of the episode you're blind as a bat uh, you know, he just delivers it with such gusto and, and uh, enthusiasm, but but not venturing over into that mustache twirling Saturday morning cartoon villain. Your aim appears to be a little off today, Batman. I don't think you can hit the broadside of a barn, let alone the broadside of this bird. You're blind as a bat, sightless and helpless. <laughs> Got one right. Uh, yeah, I think I think the voice acting, it, it's hard to find find fault with anything in this episode. Uh, so I went with a very strong nine out of ten for my score. What about you? Yeah, I went with a, uh, actually, believe it or not, a perfect score, a 10 out of 10. Just, just because of, that's right, we have the special sound effect and everything. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's, uh, I think, I think just off the strength of, I think this is, uh, you know, Paul Williams has a lot of great moments as Penguin, you know, in episodes like Almost Got Him or Birds is a Feather. But like you said, Cal, it's, it's mostly in a, in a lighter or more comedic or he's sharing this, the spotlight with other villains so it's it's cool to see, even though this episode from a narrative standpoint maybe isn't the strongest, that he gets that those moments to shine. And as an as a as an actor, he gets that moment in, in this episode. I, I I love that. And I think uh, you know, Kevin Conroy's performance as Batman and as being a little bit more v- vulnerable and not a, not completely on his game is is fun and, and unique as well. So that's why that line when he when he says I can't see, I think that that line is like one of those that's in my head for forever. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't see. And then that, I yeah, that, commercial. Yeah. <laughs> that so, might be the yeah, that might be the line that they're the most memorable part of this uh for me from uh, from a staring point is yeah Bruce staring staring off into space with the with the exaggerated look on his face as he's uh as he announces that he can't see but that's uh so, all right, a nine from Cal and a 10 from me. That means our special guest correspondent, George, you're wrapping us up here. What uh, score did you have for voice acting this week? Well, I was leaning towards a 10, but now that you told me that you edit in a special sound effect, I definitely am going to say perfect 10. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Love it. Yeah. I, um, 
the Bruce Wayne thing. I love how in these first two seasons, he's just very different than when he does Batman. There is mm-hmm. that vulnerability in general, or if sometimes if it's not vulnerability, it's a, a softness. Does he, am I like remembering this right though? Later on, I feel like I don't get that from his Bruce Wayne when he's redesigned. Mm-hmm. Did he, did they have him intentionally just sound more like Batman? Cause the, or is it just the, the, striking difference in the character design that makes me think <laughs> that he's more tough or no they they definitely toned it down for the the new the, the final season and then in, even the occasionally when he would appear as batman or as bruce and in, in justice league or whatever later on uh he would they definitely kind of toned that down and i i've never uh, i've never seen like an official reason like in any of the the behind the scenes featurettes or anything where they where they were like, we, we got a, we got, we decided we were going to do it. Or if it's just like, well, he's a little bit older now. So he's, so we're like transitioning him into more like, like the, the lower, more serious tone that he sort of as, yeah. as like the Bruce Wayne begins to kind of slip away a little bit more. And he's closer to this, you know, the, like the broken down old man we see in Batman and beyond later. Like if it's, if that was the idea behind it, if that, that he's just kind of older and, grumpier or, or if there was a specific reason but yeah the, these these uh these first two seasons the original animated series run here on uh there's definitely a really stark difference and it was mm-hmm. it was and i think the uniqueness especially being that it's like bat the batman voice is the real voice and the, the bruce <laughs> wayne voice is the voice he puts on unlike say like the christian bale batman where he where he does like kind of the scarier voice is, is yeah. the put on voice. It's like, here's it's like awful. his, his yeah. normal. <laughs> and then it's that like his normal sort of deep, you know, you know, more. Which would have been fine. I don't know mm-hmm. why. Just it's, yeah. One of the it's, weirdest things. Like, <laughs> I, I imagine it probably because the newer ones were like part of a back to back with Superman. Maybe they mm-hmm. felt they needed to differentiate him more from Clark Kent. Because be. the older design, the, the small slit black eyes he does kind of look like superman doesn't he in mm-hmm. a softer voice maybe that's what it was because he also made his eyes blue didn't they like, to mm-hmm. kind of really chisel him differently maybe that's what it was but i i wasn't sure if i remembered if he <laughs> still sounded that way or not when i yeah well, you're spot that's on cool yeah there we go yeah. all right so that will bring us to our final scores and tallying everything up here cal I have a final score of 28 out of 40. Nice. Uh, I ended up with a 27 out of 40. (laughs) (laughs) Completely different. Completely different. George, you need us to total up your scores for you? Were you doing it? Well, I was, I forgot what I I did. I did a four and then I did a, what did I do an eight? I think you have 27 as well. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. So uh, a pretty pretty similar scores all around here. Twenty eight for me, twenty seven from George and Cal. So this is our our last little bit here. We do George's. We talk about is this an episode that needs to is is it rewatchable? Is it important to rewatch it? If you're going, if you decide you're going back through these episodes, whether the entire DC universe with with Superman and Justice League and beyond. <laughs> Or, or even just Batman. Does this episode get a rewatch or is this a skip? It's it's an extremely forgettable episode. It's like <laughs> I, I even noticed in the comments when you got, I think a few people said, oh yeah, what was this one when you posted the, <laughs> the image of, uh, it's just, it's, uh, I don't know what it is about 
because I thought they really nailed it with Penguin, the design, the voice. I don't know what it is about this uh, iteration where they just, it's the Penguin episodes are the only ones that, that are really kind of lackluster. A lot of the other stuff is so strong in this whole mm-hmm. animated series. Even, even certain ones like the where it's not a famous villain and yet the Penguin episodes are always really kind of low on everyone's uh, kind of faves list. Now, I don't know mm-hmm. why that is, if the team felt him to be too boring or if they got annoyed that the Burton team forced the Catwoman and Penguin designs on them too much to mm-hmm. match their film too much and if that agitated or if just or if they just don't like the penguin or he's not edgy enough. I'm, I, it's, I'm very curious about that. Well, yeah, I think to your point, I think a lot of the penguin episodes, it's kind of like, it could be any villain. Yeah. Like, like a, a couple of weeks ago this month, we reviewed the mechanic where, you know, he finds out that the guy is, he finds the guy who builds the Batmobile and kind of holds him for ransom and sabotages the Batmobile. Like, it's fine that that's the penguin and like we get to see yeah. his lair with the giant rubber ducky and all that, but that's not like a particularly penguin centric episode or, you know, almost yeah. got him. He's just kind of one of the guys in, in the crew or Batman in my basement. It's like, it's just, there needs to be a villain to fight at the end of the episode. We can throw penguin in here with the exception of maybe birds of a feather, where it's actually a story specifically about him trying to reform and trying to get into high society and all that. Like that's a little bit more specifically about him and about his character, but yeah, yeah, a lot of his appearances, I feel like they just needed a villain and they look, they looked around and went, all right, this could be a penguin episode and, and, and kind of tossed him in. So I think that's part of it too. It's just like a a lot of his episodes maybe don't, maybe don't feel like they're, they're not built around the penguin the way like some yes. like like a Mister Freeze or a Clayface or a Harley or somebody mm. has has a lot of episodes specifically built around their character that then uh, so that so that I think is definitely part of it. Yeah, I think some of it could also be that the as you mentioned, just those other characters. A lot of the other characters, maybe with the exception of the Joker, there was depth behind the character. You kind of understood that their motivations. It wasn't just a they're evil, they're doing these plots, Batman has to stop them. There's these different dimensions to them. Mr. Freeze is a revenge story. Clayface is a, you know, also sort of a revenge story, but also this, this monster that feels like he can't, you know, he, he can't work in the industry that he worked in. He's been hiding, you know, he's been hiding in this industry. He has to come out and try and figure out, you know, uh, you know, you have, you have Harley who has this undercurrent of like this, you know, this abusive relationship that she's in and why she's yeah. stuck in it. Two Face is, you know, mental, you know, mental illness or mental mental health, and like, so you have these different characters that have all these mm-hmm. like different sides to them, and then you have like the short tubby guy who just like does bird crimes. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's it's a little bit of a throwback to like the '60s style, like when you have when you have just a, a villain of the week that's going to do the little goofy thing. And... He was great on that one. That one, at mm-hmm. least, he was a lot of fun and he had the best henchmen because they were very <laughs> dapper and their black bowler hats and their general mm-hmm. They look like the <laughs> orange guys. It was, yeah. Can we quickly, just quickly talk about like mm-hmm. how Gru from Despicable Me is a total ripoff of this character design? <laughs> a ball. Good the ball. Nose, the scarf, yeah. yeah. That's good. I, I never the nose. Yeah, wow. yeah the nose, oh. the eyes, the mm-hmm. uh, wow, the, that's great. The body yeah, shape, yeah, but without yeah, the hair. Just, 
you just blew my mind, man. Like, <laughs> I had never thought about that before, but I totally see it. Never, never see the penguin and, and grew the same way again. Love mm-hmm. it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we're going to wrap things up now. George, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a thank blast. Uh, man, we have, uh, we've had a lot of fun. Hard to believe that we have to say adieu for now. But uh, yeah, we'll give you opportunity. Obviously, you have social media. You have your own website. I know that you're working on some projects that you can't talk about right now, but well, I'm sure you have lots of stuff. related, but I'll just throw that teaser, but I can't say anything else. There we yeah, go. I'll, I'll just say spoiler alert. It's <laughs> going to be good. Like that, <laughs> It's going to be awful. Yeah. 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 I think we, we will speak for you and say, we believe that it's going to be good because yes, your artwork is amazing. So uh, <laughs> thanks for coming on here. Uh, if you, you have anything to plug, you know, your website or your social media, please. Now is, now is the time. Oh, now is the time of forever hold your uh, <laughs> Instagram, just Instagram. I quit Twitter like a year ago. This is just not my vibe. Good for you. Uh, love, yeah, love Instagram. Um, uh, that's pretty much it. My, my website is just more for professional like clients and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm on Behance as well for anyone who's on Behance, like in terms of creatives. I have a Tumblr, but I do I update it? I don't know. Nobody's on Tumblr anymore. <laughs> just Instagram. <laughs> And um, just, you know, occasionally when all this is sort of getting back to normal, I might be hitting shows again. It's harder to be in the States. I'm so sorry. I'd love to be able to go to like comic conventions in the States in Canada, mm-hmm. but it's a very expensive ticket to go from Greece all the way to. So it's mostly Europe for now. So mm-hmm. we'll see. But um, that's it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. We'll look forward to all of your work uh, coming out and certainly be uh, do our job to, to help let people know about it. And uh, hey, I love them. I love you guys. Thank you so much. For having thank you, me. George. Thank you, uh, George. Thanks right. a lot. We look forward to working with Take you again. Care. Maybe in the future, awesome. we'll have you back on. <laughs> sure. Right. Yeah, whenever you want. <laughs> all right. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you again to George for joining us this week, Cal. I had so much fun uh, hearing his perspective, not only on the series as a whole, his, uh, his artistic origins when it comes to the character of Batman, but uh, also his thoughts on this episode as well. Uh, had so much fun. Yeah, he's he's clearly like just a, a fun person, a, a good human being. And it was an honor to have him on to discuss this episode and to hear some of his uh, his history with this, not only with Batman, the character, but certainly with Batman the animated series. And, uh, you know, f- check out his work. If you also Google his name, you'll probably find because he doesn't have his entire I don't think all of his artwork is on Instagram. But if you Google pretty much any title of Batman, the animated series episode and then his <laughs> name, uh, you'll be able to kind of see some of that original set of artwork that he did which is looking at it now undertaking such a project is just incredibly impressive and and uh mm-hmm. you know what a great great guy what a great great special correspondent for this week's episode absolutely kind he was very fu- like, super funny and he had a he had great insight on uh, on the show that we reviewed as well which is blind as a bat So uh, as we begin to wrap it up here, we want to thank everybody for listening, whether you do so on the Pod Tower YouTube channel, where you can find us and our friends from Tim Talk and the Watchtower Database, or if you're on one of your favorite podcasts app, whether that is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any of the other ones, uh, we appreciate that. If you have the time, we would appreciate it if you could give us a five star or if you could give us five stars 
And uh, if the app allows you to uh, leave us a review, those do really help us as far as like getting us, getting our show bumped up in the, in the search algorithms and things like that gets a, a few more people listed in the pod. You can also find merch for our podcast at dcaureview.com. If you head there, you could find shirts or mugs or stickers or hats that you could wear uh, both with, uh, with our logos or with uh, certain phrases that we may have uh coined on this show here so lots of stuff for you can check out that's another way you can help us out or uh if you want a less expensive less time consuming way to help us out why don't you just go ahead and uh, give us a follow on twitter and instagram at dcau review on both spaces we appreciate people that take the time to like and retweet and reply to our tweets and and comment on our instagram posts and let us know your memories of of these shows and and movies that we review these old cartoons it's the best part of the job is uh, getting to interact with everybody so that of course brings us cal to next week which is uh as people may have noticed a five saturday month so that means it's time for another trip around the multiverse that's right and we're feeling a little spooky around here uh so we figured we would you know tis the season for all things scary uh so looking around at our various different elseworlds opportunities here we said hey it's spooky season let's watch accordingly that is right cal we are right in the end of the spooky season the month of october and wrapping it up with an elseworlds review we will be doing the aptly titled and aptly appropriate Batman The Long Halloween Part 1. So we are splitting it into two weeks because it is two separate movies. So uh, we will do Part 1 next week, and the following week we will look at Part 2. So we are celebrating the spooky season with a review of an adaptation of an all-time great, maybe my personal favorite graphic novel, Uh, or Batman story of all time. So a lot to live up to, uh, especially I think in my camp, but uh, definitely excited to tackle part one of the long Halloween next week. Looking forward to it, advising the listeners. If you haven't done so, go ahead and, uh, you know, read up, go out and pick yourself up a copy, or maybe if you already have your own copy, dust it off read the uh the original version and then uh pull up the old streaming app because it will be streaming on hbo max or it's available in stores nowadays also so pick yourself up a copy uh, settle in and, and come back and join us next saturday i cannot wait absolutely but until then i'm liam and i'm cal and we'll be back next week with another episode of the dcau review Bye bye